Hi, I'm Abby, and this is We Have Notes, a podcast for the pop culture obsessed and the people who love them. I hope you all had a very nice Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, I did. I caught up on a lot of stuff that I feel like I have been remiss in like the whirlwind of like love on tour and read Taylor's version. And like I, you know, I was like in a fugue state for a month. My birthday, Harry Ween, all of the things. So I feel like I'm I caught up on a lot of stuff. So we'll talk about some of that. And I have a really fun guest today and we have a really great conversation that I think um we recorded before any of this news, but like was is pertinent to to some sad news that that happened in culture this weekend um, with the loss of two great artists, one at the end of a very long career and life that kind of felt like it would never end in Stephen Sondheim and one who was really, I think, just getting started, even though he had already accomplished so much in Virgil Abloh. And it, they were both very sad to me. I, I, love Stephen Sondheim. I will never profess to be like a musical theater aficionado. I like some musical theater. You know, I appreciate so many things. I was not a theater kid, though there is a performative part of my personality that I think really missed out on that. I have a lot of people in my life who were and are deeply um, affected by the loss of Sondheim. And I think he's one of the most brilliant artists who's ever lived. And whether you have seen every piece of his work or not, I, I, it's the, I mean, what, what a talent, I don't know. He's a singular person. Um, there will never be another Stephen Sondheim and Virgil Abloh as, um, if you're not familiar with off white and he was a creative director at Louis Vuitton and kind of revolutionized modern streetwear and, you know, I saw someone, a quote, uh, so many people had so many wonderful things to say about him and Stephen Sondheim. He, uh, Virgil was, I did not know this person. I just admired his work um, over the past many years. Um, but the kindness and inclusivity and the way he wanted to bring people with him as, as he rose and... Um, just the someone said like if you've seen the way like young men dress today like it's Virgil Abloh right like it's his impact on the culture is huge and he was only 41 years old which is devastating he had a rare form of cancer that that he had been fighting privately um which drew some you know comparisons to another young talented black man who battled his cancer privately in Chadwick Boseman so you know I don't know if you listened to the episode that I did for Thanksgiving just about some stuff I was going to watch and I mentioned Andrew Garfield and talking about grief on Colbert and but he had he had said something about um art helping to sew up the wounds um and he was talking about his own grief but kind of everyone's and then I watched this other clip of Adam Driver talking about theater and the military and and he had been in the military he has been in the military if you didn't know that um and and letting what was happening on stage help open up um, maybe people who had been told to shove their feelings down and, and all that stuff. And I was thinking about the inspiration of like the art of these two people and how 
the lasting impact of that will help sew up the wounds of of their loss, but also just the way they both approach their work and creativity is so inspiring. And like Virgil has said, like everything I do is for the 17 year old version of myself. And that resonates so deeply for me, like now. And I wish almost more in the past Um, and, and Sondheim and his, I, I could listen to him talk about writing forever. I could listen to anyone talk about writing, but I think um, that leads me to one of the first things that I've been watching over the past few days, and I've been really trying to savor it, which is not my way, is uh, the Beatles' Get Back documentary. And it's a three-part docuseries. It's about eight hours. Um, I mentioned this again as something I was going to watch. I'm I'm like two-thirds of the way through part two. It is, I think, a, a salve um, to help sew up the wounds of some of these losses. I, um, could not be more into that. I cannot believe this exists. I cannot believe this Beatles docuseries exists. Um, it is such a magnificent look inside a, a band, obviously, but like what it mean, what that means, um, into writing music, into fighting, into having fun, into, I think, um, very much trying not to break up even though they know that the inevitable is probably not too far away. Um, I think what you really see is, is people trying to stay together and like trying to figure it out, even though they're diverging in so many ways, personality, private life, um, stylistically, creatively. Um, I was texting with some friends and I described it as quietly devastating, magical, utterly mundane, inspiring, and hilarious all at the same time. <clears throat> and I think, like, it, you know, they're sitting around in this in this big studio and, and the redhead production assistant bringing all the tea. I love that guy. Like, the, there, there's a lot of sitting around, and I think it's so weird to just – think of how interesting that is like it actually is to just, you're sitting around with the Beatles and, and the people around them and Yoko's like chilling like reading the paper like talking to Linda not breaking up the Beatles <laughs> obviously not breaking up the Beatles um and in in that like stillness there's so much to glean and then you're also like John Lennon's having this conversation about like the possible set design of maybe this TV special that they're going to do while like Paul McCartney is like riffing on the piano and coming up with like the melody of let it be. It's insanity. It is so inspiring. It will make it made me want to write and casually light a cig every three minutes. There are so many cigarettes. Um one of my friends was was saying she was very deeply focused on on George at all times and like whether how he was doing. And I totally get that. Like she really needed to make sure George was like seen and that he was okay. And speaking of George, there are so many good sweaters and coats and furs and hair on the head and on the face with these men. I, the fashion is I could spend weeks alone just talking about the fashion without even getting into like the psychology of the Beatles and like breaking down how songs are written and lyrics are written. Um, and George is George is the standout fashion man, though. I 
have never I've always been attracted to Paul and I've never been more attracted to Paul than this phase of like nubby sweaters and like long hair and beard Paul so good um I also have to say I relate to Paul I feel like so much in what I've watched so far in like he is obviously like one of the greatest songwriters of all time and is so creative and and musical but he's also like really trying to keep the train on the tracks and like get the project done and I feel I feel that in my bones I feel that in my bones he is a type a creative king and we have to stand we have to stand um I also think like the conflict resolution is really interesting as I'm watching it and it doesn't the even the the fighting in and the disagreements are are so fascinating and also I was like expecting much more explosive stuff and it's it's not and they're also really funny they have so much fun it's so interesting and you know I love process. I talk about loving process, the process of artists and writers. I could study it forever. I am a person who watched and rewatched every episode of Inside the Actor Studio. Like I would watch it like I knew when it was on the new episode every week. Like I'm so into stuff like that. So this is what a gift. What a gift all this footage is. And Peter Jackson has done an incredible job. And I'm going to be sorry when it's done, but I also feel like it's the kind of thing we'll probably watch and watch and watch forevermore. It's just so interesting that there's still so much to learn about the Beatles, like now in 2021. It's incredible. And I think if you're, I don't know, I just think it, it's like such an interesting portraits of the artist as young men. But like it, it really, it's, it's very soothing and interesting and fascinating Um, I also watched Tick, Tick, Boom, which is the Andrew Garfield project about Jonathan Larson, directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda, that has a lot of references to Sondheim and has Sondheim in it. And there's a it's very good. It's excellent. It's so excellent. It's on Netflix. Andrew Garfield is phenomenal, like just phenomenal. Like what a talent. I already thought that. But like he's so good in this role. Um. And he's in the Dead Moms Club. Like, I have to love him. Uh, But I read that. So there's a voicemail that Stephen Sondheim leaves for Jonathan Larson in this movie. And he, like, had notes for the only note, I guess, that he gave Lin-Manuel about the the movie was, like, can I rewrite the, um, the voicemail? And I'll record it myself if you can't get Bradley Whitford plays him in the movie but so the voicemail is actually Stephen Sondheim and um I didn't realize this when I was watching it but I finished watching that movie and like 15 minutes later on Twitter it was like Stephen Sondheim has died it was very eerie uh but I highly recommend it it's excellent um on a different track I started watching Sex Lives of College Girls, which is Mindy Kaling's show. It's on HBO Max. It's giving me like Greek vibes. Did anyone watch Greek? Because I fucking loved Greek. I thought it was excellent and really fun. And there's something, some element of what I really liked about that in Sex Lives of College Girls, too. And it's not just the college of it all. Um, 
but I think it's really funny. I I mean, it's it's not a perfect show, but I'm enjoying it. I think I've seen five episodes. Maybe there were six. I can't. I, I was just back to backing them. I really like Timmy Chalamet's sister, Pauline, who's in it. Um, I think the I think the most of the girl main girls are pretty compelling. A couple more than others. I definitely recommend it, though. I mean, who doesn't want to go back to college a little bit? It's light. It's fun. I mean, they're also dealing with with stuff, but um, it is it is a comedy. Um, it's from Mindy Kaling, so I think you can you can kind of think about the vibe. Um, and I loved it at, um, there's a sorority rush. I mean, there's also some stuff that I'm like, this is not how college works or sororities work or anything, but you're like, okay, I'll just roll with it. Like, that's fine. That's okay. It's not like a docudrama. Uh, but at sorority rush, at this pre-rush, like brunch or something with very typical, like blonde, white sorority girls, the, um, one of the black girls is like, I look forward to seeing you all on Selling Sunset one day. And I was like, that is a perfect joke. That is a very Mindy Kaling joke. Um, and that leads right into Selling Sunset, which I, of course, watched every episode of in like one sitting because it's so excellent. It's so fake. I don't care. As I said, um, Christine is bringing it. She brought it with a literal tiny folding chair that she called a purse. It's not a purse. It's just a tiny folding chair on a chain. And I was like, this show is perfect. Like, never change. Um, you know, Chriselle has her arc. Like, Mary is doing things. I mean, Davina, I can't. Again, only interesting if you imagine her as a Kristen Wig character. Basta. Like, uh, it doesn't matter. The tiny twins. The one twin is more prominent than the other twin. We do not get into the Chriselle and tiny, tiny twin uh, romance yet. That's coming next season. But I can't wait. We're also getting spinoffs. Like, I, oh, it's so great. It, it's so dumb and it's so wonderful. And I love it so much. And I feel like everyone I know watches it. So let me know. Do you, do we want to discuss this further? I can, we can get someone on and like fully break it down. Maybe my, my friend Elizabeth needs to come back. She loves this show as much as I do. We might need to do that. Um, but I will read this quote from, um, Brian Moylan's one of his vulture recaps that I just felt like this sums it up. Consider this, consider your life. No, not Mary, you. This is where you are, watching a show where people are fighting about the guest list of a fake dog birthday party. You have done something right. This is exactly where you belong, blessed and unstressed and hoping that Davina will once again blow out on the wind like a bad odor. It's the right place. It's certainly the right place for me. Um, and I have a really great uh, conversation with my friend Bryn Kinney today about Basically, music and feelings, which eh, kind of is what I talk about a lot. But I'm super excited for you guys to hear it. And we will be right back with that. This week's guest and I go back to our editorial roots, which I know, huge shocker on this program, but Bren Kenny uh, started her very illustrious career at Women's Wear Daily and W before flipping over to the other side of the biz and spending many years in public relations at Dior Beauty, where she worked with basically like every celeb you could think of and celeb makeup artist you can think of and through many a fabulous event. 
And then she went out on her own and eventually co-founded MBA Partners, which she, uh, the business she has right now, doing marketing and branding and comms for literally some of the like, coolest, grooviest brands you could think of. And we actually got to work together on our friend Francesca's Clark's Botanicals skincare line a few years ago. And she's just so fucking good at what she does. Um, and I always love seeing her in action. But along with that wonderful pedigree, Brynn and I also share an affinity for long, maybe boozy meals where we can talk about all of our shared pop culture loves and, and maybe just a small dash of work and a not small dash of gossip. She is very much a kindred spirit, and we also share what I happen to think is a great sense of humor. She's uh, recently taken to curating hilarious tweets on Instagram. You can follow her at Twitter Whisperer. And legit, every single one makes me laugh and nod and usually DM to one or more friends. So today I'm very excited to dig into some of our musical loves of yore and now and whatever else we get into, because honestly, you kind of never know with us. So please welcome my wonderful friend, Bren Kenny. Hi, Bren. Hi. Wow. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. You, you really covered everything there. I'm not surprised, but that was amazing. <laughs> you know, I'm thorough. My journalist background, um, you know? Yeah. You know, it's so funny because when I was thinking about this and um, us getting together, or just you in general, the first, probably the first image that comes to mind is us having <laughs> a, I think a I know long, what you're going to say. A long a ridiculously long boozy dinner at in the garden at Chateau Marmont. <laughs> Chateau. <laughs> I almost put it in the intro that I was like, we'll just talk about it. I bet I bet she'll bring it up. And if she doesn't, I will. Which, like, yeah. Did we go through almost two meals? Probably. I feel like we they wanted us to leave. Um, <laughs> but that's how I feel when I go to that place. I just get yeah. so... Um, you know, I'm I'm a girl from Long Island. Like I didn't go to LA for the first time until I was, you know, at Dior and I was probably in my late 20s and LA to me is like this fantasy land and I feel like yeah. that place, the chateau is Yeah. It's like the pinnacle of all of it. Yeah. Um, just like drinking bottles and bottles of rosé in the garden at the chateau yeah. is just like it's there's nothing I I mean I miss that place so much. And just pretending you're someone else, you know? It's yeah. um it has that effect. And you're always going to see somebody. You'll always see somebody who's somebody. Yeah. Um but I think that was like the moment like I'd always known you but I think yes. that was the moment because I I switched from editorial to quote unquote the other side to PR. Yes. And we got to like I got to like take you out. You know, it's like yeah. when you <laughs> when you go in house at a brand you get to um hang out with your friends on the editorial side and um and I think that was the moment where I was like I knew that you were a kindred spirit I think just um, before that, but in that, in that I do night, think that really, I think we, yeah. I think we figured out we, we had cemented a lot it. in common. Yeah. Yeah. And then we would do, then we would do other hangs after that, like yeah. whether they were on somebody else's tab or not. Like <laughs> I was like that really like cemented it all. Yeah. <laughs> and which makes sense. Like in the garden at the Chateau. Yeah. yeah. Which is like when I said that out loud, I'm like, just, just so people know that's really not my life. <laughs> But but if given the opportunity, you know, I, I'm I'm there. I'm at the Chateau and I'm having rosé without me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's kind of where I always wish I was. Um, 
I mean, I do. I mean, when you and then when you live in L.A., it's just like not like you go there all the time, but it is like an easy and it is like a meeting spot. Yes. Like It's like, oh, people have like work drinks there and like whatever, you know, I mean. Yeah. Or like, you know, the patio at the Four Seasons or whatever. And it all sounds so ridiculous when you say it, but it's just like, well, that's it's L.A. Yeah, like, that's L.A. And I think and you're not always at a place like that, but yeah. there's a million, you know, but like, yeah. That is a thing that happens I c- in Los Angeles. I could be wrong because I've never lived there. So I'm always a visitor. You've lived there. I know. Um, but my feeling about when I go to L.A. is, especially being a New Yorker, is there aren't as many places to go. Like maybe there are technically, but there are just like a few that people go to meet. There's like that and three or four other places um, in terms of... I, I don't know. That was that was always my experience. Whereas in New York, yeah, there's it's like, like there's like a it's overwhelm an overwhelming amount of of options. Yeah, <laughs> there are more. And then I think also when someone's like in town, you'll often do that. Yeah, yeah. you know, like it's like and also some of those places like location wise, and it depends like where you're driving. Because if you wanted to meet on the west side, it'd be a totally different thing. Exactly. Or the east side. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, there, there are certainly a lot of go-tos that have become like classics, but, and I I do think like, I mean, the food scene has like gotten insanely better in LA Mm -hmm. and there's so much good. There's so much, I mean, there was always great certain kinds of food, but I just think, um, there's just a million more awesome restaurants and nothing will be New York. Like New York's the best in terms of, it really is. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's the best in general. Like it's never going to not be the best. Yeah, it's like never not New York. Yeah. Like New York is always number one. Yeah. Like, sorry. It is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. But I'm so glad that you wanted to come on today because I wanted to have you on. But I and then I was I always am like, well, what? Because I'm game to talk about like anything. Yeah. And sometimes I have ideas, but then I'm like, what do you want to talk about? And you had so many good ideas. And I'm so excited. Once we started emailing, I was then like, oh, my God, like I'm going to have to really brush up on you know, all of my memory and all these pop culture references, because I feel like you're this encyclopedia, <laughs> like you are, <laughs> like, I'm I sick. would probably, um, I would probably go to you for <laughs> some piece of information over <laughs> like Google sometimes, but a lot of people do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I made like these notes, like I'm, 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 a, I'm a dork, but I have like in front of me, like four pages of just like, names and tv shows and i'm like i'm gonna i'm gonna be with abby i need to i need to have my i mean i i write down notes too it's called we have notes like (laughs) i have to take notes but i my brain is a weird and wild (laughs) place but it's not i do forget some things too yeah um unfortunately age is coming for Mm. me um okay so what what do you want to start with what's like do you want to talk about should we talk about we've been talking a lot about taylor swift yeah, lately. let's. And, I and, think and she's female a good storytellers. Point. Yeah, and like female storytellers, right? Like, because we've been like DMing and emailing and texting, yeah. whatever. Like, obviously, I've been talking a lot about Taylor on this podcast always, but recently, <laughs> and then like the culture has been in full Taylor mode for over a week. Yeah, um, since the re-release of Red, and I think this album brought a much bigger conversation than when she re-released Fearless, which is an amazing album mm. too. But this album is was long I think long held in in like the fandom as like our favorite album Mm -hmm. like the most front to back like like it's her her songwriting really came to a new level with Red agree and so and then and then like for many people all too well is their favorite song and so that that is on this album and obviously has been 
uh, we'll get into it. But I think her writing is so, I mean, her writing has been excellent since she was like a teenager, but it really was incredible on this album. So yes. what have you, what have your thoughts been on like the conversation around Taylor even over the past couple weeks? Yeah. I, I mean, I should, I should be totally brutally honest up front that I am not the Swifty that you yeah, are. I think, okay. I think that's the term, no one, right? Yeah, um, that's the term. And no one has to be. That's the thing. I, I've been, fo- but I will, but I'm, I've been following Taylor. I've been listening to her music since probably, you know, the first album. I think that I'm a fan of pop music in general and yeah. I love a good songwriter. Um, and she is just the queen like her her songs and it's and it's fun to kind of go back and and go through all the albums and watch how she's progressed yeah um you know that there this new yorker article that i was shared with you earlier um yeah that we've you know, that we both read really really touched on the fact that i was i was trying to kind of pinpoint my feelings around this and that evolution from when she was like she came out very sort of sugary and polite and mm-hmm. um you know we thought she was one thing and then as she matured you know there were curse words in her songs and she was you know getting back at guys that broke her heart and um and she's still so young so i'm yeah. i'm very much like i cannot wait to see what she does when she's 40 and 50 and You're right um as someone who you know, the the first person I can think of really connecting with in like the, the pop culture sphere, I was probably four or five years old and like Madonna's Like a Virgin album came out. Like I remember being five, six years old, like walking around my house singing that song and my parents <laughs> asking me like, do you even know what you're, <laughs> do you even know what you're talking about? And I didn't, but I guess to kind of go back to that, like, there's this um I really clicked with Taylor when I when she started going in that direction of yeah fuck you like I you know um I'm when she started to become a bit more honest and just grow into herself which is like that's you you have to go through that in your 20s right I feel like I'm right yeah I'm I'm 43 in May like I feel like I'm still kind of like <laughs> Figuring, totally. figuring that stuff out. Um, so by no means do I did I expect her to be doing that when she was, you know, 20 or 25 or whenever. But um I I I like the the more kind of um like just owning it and and kind of in your face she gets, the the happier I am. Yeah. <laughs> I it's well, and I think that's what it's it's like the connective tissue between so many of the people I think we've loved over the years. Yeah. Um, and it's like the more honest and authentic and then and then you find the pieces of your own life in that stuff too. And like maybe you didn't have those exact experiences, but they tap into like different parts of like your emotional growth mm-hmm. and as it's happening. Yeah. Or sometimes it's as it's happening, right? Like like we've experienced Taylor as not her age, right? Like, but a lot of her fans have kind of come up with her. Yes. Like the like millennial fans. But then, but it doesn't, I, I also, you know, you know, I get fired up when I'm like, it's not just for young people. Yeah. But like, and I, and I think it's dismissive to dismiss her music as only, because I'm off, A, I'm like, look at her fan base. It's, there's a lot of people over the age of 40 there. But also, <clears throat> It's the same kind of way of like dismissing music aimed at particularly young women as like unserious or mm. um, 
not important or pop music in general, you know, mm-hmm. like it, things aimed at young people, mm-hmm. you know, and I think like when I, I like try to be really conscious of that as I get older, because even if I don't like something, it doesn't mean I don't get it or like understand. And then sometimes I don't get it. Right. Like yeah. I don't get it at all. But like there's like the but we had like different people that we came of age with um, mm-hmm. female songwriters or musicians or singers depending on whether they were writing or not writing where they were tapping into different emotions for us of that time and like I always I love that you can have the thing is like I was saying to you it's like not an either or situation it's not like I'm like forgetting Alanis because I like Taylor you know it's like um but I think like the the whim the the song women of song from our teenage mm-hmm. and like 20 something years mm-hmm. like there there is connective tissue between all of these people even if it doesn't the sound isn't the same or like like in that new york article when it was talking about taylor's anger coming out more mm. and even like in the in the 10 minute all too well cuz the stuff that she had originally taken out is like much more vindictive mm-hmm. than even what's in there from the from the originally released version mm-hmm. Um, but like, we had a lot of like women in music who let us like rage. Yeah. (laughs) And like what Alanis and Fiona, like who I still listen to very regularly. I mean, I will put on the title and just like scream in my car. Like I was the, in college, like I was like, I don't smoke a cigarette in my car like I did then but um I mean I would drive around just like angsty singing like fucking shadow boxer and like um but what do you think like there because then there's that whole conversation of like because I Taylor's built on their legacy too along with Carol King and Joni Mitchell and Janis Joplin and I don't know it's just so interesting she is I mean you know, when I think about kind of the time where we came of age, which was the 90s, um, yeah. which I feel so I just I have this like sense of pride. Connected so much to that, pride. Right? Oh, my God. I think we're so lucky. Um, like, we're so I do, lucky. too. I don't. And I also don't I think it's I also have that pride because I'm at an age now where there's enough space between it. I don't think I don't think I had the pride around the nineties until recently. I'm not, I'm not sure why, but, um, but when I look back at that time, it was, you know, it was on the heels of, of the eighties, which was excess and capitalism and greed and flashiness and sort of this like, um, very lacquered way of, of living and being. And, and then suddenly this, you know, the nineties came and it was not just, you know, Fiona and Alanis and these, quote unquote, angry um, female singers, but there was a lot of anger coming from the men's side as well. Like I, you know, I was like, I was in eighth, seventh, eighth grade, like wearing like Carhartt jeans and like platform Converse. (laughs) And I didn't have docs because my parents said they were too expensive, but I really wanted them. Um, and you know, listening to like literally like nine inch nails and, you know, Pearl Jam and the Red Hot Chili Peppers and, um, Allison Chains and, yeah. And then, you know, Alanis obviously and Fiona and these incredible, like there was just a lot of like, it sort of all just bubbled up and everyone just stopped giving a shit. Um, which like, I just really connected with that, um, with just being, you know, like raw and open raw I'm just gonna say like yeah like the rawness and especially when you are like I was in high school when Nirvana came out you know like I 
just when you're having yeah. all these complicated feelings inside of you and you are you might be angry for good reason not there's or, or you might just be angry mm-hmm. and you don't know why because you're a teenager and like shit is confusing and like having this music to just like pound out dance to mm-hmm. and like sing really I mean I still am a person who sings really loud in my car like I'm a person who people look at weird um Same, yeah. but I think <laughs> Yeah, it was like, and it felt really raw and it felt, um, it felt really fresh, obviously to us. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were young and of course, like all music and like we're saying is built upon like foundations of like inspiration from things before, but it did feel so fresh and it felt like ours. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing. Like it, it felt very of us and for us, Yeah, whether that was true or not, that's what it felt like. Yeah. And all of that, like. I think that like that rawness and authenticity is like fundamental to like Gen X, like who we are. Yeah. I and mean, it was like, you know, and it's like reality bites and it's like all of that. I don't singles. know. It's so interesting. Single. I mean, singles, <laughs> oh, singles. The single soundtrack is still a banger. Yeah, it sure is. I yeah. <laughs> singles imprinted on me at such a. First of all, I went on like a date to see singles with this boy who was like very cool. And I will I would describe in the parlance of the times as like alternative. Okay. And I was I would not have been described as alternative. Like we were all like grungy and stuff, but he was like groovier alternative than me. Yeah. And it was like very nice. And and then we had like a picnic. It was very cute, whatever. But I then went to see that movie like five more times in the theater. I will watch it every time it's on TV. Yeah. I still listen to the soundtrack. But um, there is, like, Bridget Fonda in that movie, there is no one cooler to me, like, probably to this day. Yeah. When she, the way, like, I literally had this picture in my mind that, like, being a young grown up was, like, the way she chops that shitty lettuce and salad and tomato up <laughs> in her apartment and kind of just eats it in a giant bowl and just sticks, like, her fork into, like, a big slice of tomato. I was like, oh, that's being, that's so cool. That's, like, having your own apartment. And, like, that's what it is. <laughs> like, that to me was, like, yeah. the, that was it, wrapped up in a bow. Yeah, it was really a moment, um, a moment in time. For sure. Like, don't. I mean, I think of. I'm Dick. We're very big in Belgium. They're big in Belgium, right? <laughs> the, the image that comes to mind from. I actually am. Now I'm going back to Reality Bites. I oh. I think of um, Winona Ryder in her bathroom um, using the Jolene cream. Yes. Before her date. And I think I was like, I, I forget what age I was at that point. I don't think I was dating. But I remember being like, oh, I use that too like that's okay like Winona Riders like it was like this teenage you know kind of rite of passage where, yeah where like it's okay to bleach your mustache <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah do you know that I still I use um a depilatory cream to this day okay above my lip yeah I mean you got other, other you, like wax makes me break out I use several on, things I don't know you gotta lip. do what yeah. you gotta do right you gotta do it. <laughs> Do what and laser do. is not always it's not always you know the answer I've tried that so uh, yeah yeah I've tried everything and so for my upper lip I still just use a cream depilatory I mean like I, old school I mean should we just talk about facial hair for the rest of the of the <laughs> I mean I could go on unwanted forever. facial hair <laughs> it's a fucking problem <laughs> I'll tell you that um so circling back to yes. uh, to to like 
you know, we were just talking about, um, you know, these angry singers and like Alanis and Fiona. What I wanted to say before I, for the thought escapes me, um, is like, you know, I, I, I was a teenager during that time and the nineties and everything was grungy and whatever. And then like this shift happened, right. Where it was like Britney and Christina and Jessica Simpson. Um, and I was like, I think just starting to enter college around that time or like, I remember being a senior in college when Lucky came out, one of my favorite Britney songs. And I just want yes. to say, oh, <laughs> I just want to say that like, I wasn't, even though I loved that grunge era and that was sort of like when I came of age, it, when these women showed up and were like sexy and poppy yeah. and fun and dancey, like I loved that too. And I embraced Same. that, you know, as like, I, I was, I've always been a Britney fan I love Christine. Like, I, I love that whole genre. Um, and I think, like, when you're kind of connecting the dots, you look at, you know, say Fiona, and then you link her to Brittany, and then you link her to, not that all these people have anything to do with each other, nor do they have to, but then you look at Taylor and kind of what she's done. Um, and I think you were saying before that, like, in a way, you know, a lot of times in the press, she's been kind of... What's the word? What's the word you're using? You know, not taken seriously or. Yeah. Um, dismissed. Or I dismissed. mean, and, and, you know, like, <clears throat> yeah. Oh, it's, it's about all these boys that she dates and she's just about boys and, yeah. that, you know, and it's like, oh. So there's two things. One is I think she's like, or if you look at her songwriting, it's so incredibly sophisticated in the imagery. Like she's yeah. a poet, right? So you can't, yeah, you really she's a can't poet. dismiss Absolutely. that. Yeah. But um but but the other thing is um and there's an interesting thing around these kind of big emotions and feelings and whatever that maybe you had when you were a teenager or in your early 20s that by the time you get to be older maybe you're kind of like not not as readily on the surface because you've yeah. learned how to kind of navigate the adult life and having intense emotions like that is not um like it's not supported per se in yeah yes a professional or corporate or whatever or just being yeah. an adult um which I think is unfortunate I I, I think it's you a and, real bummer you and I are similar like you know I we ha- we have big emotions like I've always yep. I've always had a shit ton of emotions from like you can ask my yep. parents like from from yeah. very early on and um and I guess what I'm saying about Taylor is like, you know, I was listening to, um, I'm always listening to All Too Well, but I was yeah. also listening to like The One. Um, it's my favorite song from Folklore. Okay, yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and I have, a, I go back and forth between The One and um, Last Great American Dynasty because I feel like there's, yeah. there's something cinematic about like. I need. Oh I, God! Yeah. I, there needs to be a movie. Like I, I, I need to know more about. Like I need to see these people. Um, I'm like Rebecca. Rebecca yes. Harkness, the, the lime green dog. And the green dog. Yeah. <laughs> um. But I think she has this way of writing about emotions, whether they're big or whatever. Who cares? That um. That pinpoint something. Like I don't know if I'm saying this clearly, but. You know, when she says in in um, All Too Well, you call me up again just to break me like a promise. So so casually cruel in the name of being honest. Like we've all had we've all mm-hmm. had those conversations where 
we're like, you know, we're someone, we're dating someone or whatever, romance, and, and it ends, and that person, you know, like, comes out and says, I just want to be honest with you, I don't feel the same, or this needs to end, or whatever, right? Where it, where it just, it it breaks you in a way. Um, and then on the on the flip side of that, we we have a lot of emotions, I think, around people that just disappear. Um, yeah. And I guess what she's what I'm saying is she just, you know, like I remember the first time hearing that line and just and just she goes deeper than just your usual. You know, you broke my heart. She yeah. she goes into you were honest. You were like you communicated. You're really honest with me. And it still fucking broke my heart, right? And so I just, she has a particular talent around figuring out the right way to, the right words and the right way to arrange those words that really just, it like, it like gets you. It's like a dagger. It's it's like, it's like a stab. And I'm like, oh, please keep doing, like, I'm like, and more, more, like, yeah, more. Yeah. Like, let me just like dig into this painful wound from my past or maybe your present or like whatever. And like, I want to like, like, it's like the pain, it like hurts so good. It's like, and also the, the wistfulness of like things like the one, you know, like, man like we were that was really good even if it wasn't like meant to be and like it probably ended in some heartache and pain but like Mm -hmm. like or like better man on red like from the vault like Mm -hmm. you know um I like I know I know that I'm better off for leaving this relationship but I fucking miss you and I wish you were better and if you had been like maybe we would still be in love yeah and like who doesn't relate to that and like you can and and you know and some people are like oh like you know going back to the past and they all don't think of you that way and it's like who cares like first of all it's her perspective and her story and her feelings Mm -hmm. so like when people mock that, I'm like, you're just mocking women's feelings. And that's some bullshit. Like, and, but also like, a, it obviously connects to a ton of people, not just women who like, do want to look back or reinvestigate or are going through it right now. And like, yeah. sometimes you need like, that Taylor song to cry to and that Fiona song to like, rage sing to and you ought to know we'll just get it going every time. And like, <laughs> they're, they're all for me, like they're all big emotions that tap into some of my big emotions. And that's why I've always connected to people like that and songwriters like that. Yeah. And they don't have to be women either. Um, I mean, just anyone who can like weave a narrative or a, a set a scene, it doesn't have to be a full narrative. Like last great American dynasty is amazing. Cause it's like a full fucking narrative yeah. and it's incredible. It's an incredible short story that she like yeah. wrote as a song. Completely. Um and it, it's it's masterful and like, you know, I was watching the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and she, you know, inducted Carol King and um she did a really like haunting performance of Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow and then like introduced Carol King and then Carol King was like I'm so happy, you know, Taylor, you're basically like my professional granddaughter. And, (laughs) and I was like, yes, because I was raised on a lot of like, um, Carol King and Fleetwood Mac Mm. and 
um james taylor yeah same and <laughs> and um that is like a huge there's just like a direct line to taylor swift and and also to so so much of the music that i love yeah. um because it was like painting a picture and telling a story and that's why it's always like when when critics and and this is lessened in more recent years but like when critics of taylor or other young women it's like oh they're just always talking about like their breakups and their boyfriend i'm like this is what songs have been about since like the beginning this is what poems yeah. and and odes and like uh, you know the iliad and the odyssey and like all of the things i'm like what this is what humans write about yeah. like what are you it's talking what about we're here for the right? be- the, <laughs> the beatles and the stones and the everyone's like yeah. what are you guys talking about of course this is what people write about about love and heartbreak and loss it's like the most common experience most of us have yeah i think oh. i think that you know, uh, and I feel like I'm making an obvious statement here, but I, I think that a lot of that is connected to this discomfort with with not just big feelings, but women specifically having big feelings yes. and big opinions, um, yes. because there's like whatever the other side to that is. I'm not saying it's just men. I think it's other women in general. You know, there are some people that yeah. are just very threatened by that. Um, there's, there's a, there's a fear of maybe it's taking up too much space. Maybe it's taking up their space. Maybe it's encroaching on their space. Um, it's, and it's, you know, that's been going on for a long time. I, 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 I don't think that it's, I don't necessarily, I'm surprised it's not starting to go away. I think it's still very much there. It's um, so still there. Yeah, right. Uh, maybe that's hopefully the next thing we tackle. We have a, we have a lot to do in general, but so much. Um, I mean, at least we've we've got Britney free at least. Yes, yes. There's so much to do, but I think, and I think that's part of like, <laughs> like, well, and Adele, I should put in this big feelings conversation. Oh yes, do too. it, do it, yeah. Um, because she's always been about big feelings mm-hmm. and and her feelings, but I think. Like, have you listened to the new album much? Well, I, you know, I prepared for this conversation with you. So I listened to it twice in the last two days. Um, I listened to it. What did you think? So I listened to it for the second time in the car yesterday, uh, coming out east. And um, it's not my favorite, is my first yeah. feeling. I like, um, I'm, now I'm going to butcher the name of the song, but there's God in it. It's like, it's halfway through. It's like. I forget the name of the song right now. Um, That's okay. Keep going. And I like that song. It's a bit more kind of poppy and upbeat. I'm not saying that I want Adele to be poppy and upbeat because that's not what she is. Um, Right. But but I think I, I, how do I put this? I felt a little bored. Okay. (laughs) That's fine. Um, And... And you know, oh my God. she's in- it's called Oh My oh God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, yes, it's called Oh My God. I really like that. And of course, the single that came out, I think, is Oh, the incredible. single's amazing. Yeah. Um, what I do love about it, and this is connected back to I think something that you posted about, and actually my boyfriend mentioned this, which I didn't know, the Spotify thing. Yeah. Um, which is So tell people in case they did fascinating to me. So Adele is you know, she's obviously a genius on so many levels, but <laughs> when this album came out, she worked, I think I'm telling this correctly, worked with Spotify to make sure that they didn't offer the um, the shuffle 
uh, yeah. function on on the album, so people have to listen to it from start to finish, right? Yeah, so it's like on the album page. If you like go to any album page on um, Spotify, the default is shuffle, even if you're on the album page. So, um, yeah, it was until Adele got it changed. So technically, you can turn it on if you want to, but it's not there. So, yeah. So her point was like, and many artists would say this: like, I put my tracks in an order, like for a reason. Like my album is yeah designed this way and. I'm not a musician, but I imagine that's the way most of musicians design their yeah. albums. Um, but I feel like if anyone should get that privilege, it's Adele because, yeah. you know, she creates every album around um, a time in her life. And so it's yeah. sort of like, when did this time start and when did it kind of come to a close? And I guess that goes back to sort of like whether it's my favorite Adele album or not, you know, whatever she does is, I think, incredibly kind of courageous. And I just yes. like even if I hated it, which I don't, um, you know, I'm like you, you kind of you have to kneel at the altar because she just really puts it out there. Yeah, um, she's so vulnerable. Like and this one is really vulnerable. Yeah. Like, um. And and she like helps other like that's the thing with all of like well with any good music to me whether it's meant to be super emotional or not it like helps people process Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. their own stuff like did you need to just cry and you couldn't and a song helped you do it great yeah like awesome I don't know if it's my favorite but I do it's stunning yeah um it's she's just I mean I'm just like what your voice like, is that real like, how are you how are we of the same species and like you sound like that and I sound like this um also she can just like did you see that clip of them like the BBC special where they brought her teacher out that she no but I feel like I would oh. probably cry I lost <laughs> like I mean she lost it I lost it like it was like her like influential teacher like I was like oh my god yeah like this is you know okay. I mean it's that's what you want yeah. it's like I also like as a super emotional person mm-hmm. who also like can hold a lot of things in that's why like for the music for me to like let it out through that mm. like I mean I would say no one in my family would tell me I keep a lot of things in but like the real some of the real real gets like shoved down you know like mm-hmm. over life mm-hmm. you know and so like big opinions and big emotions um but sometimes not getting to like the core core like outside of therapy yeah and um when the music can do that and like tap into it it's really incredible and so like and then Adele and Taylor and and so many others but like using their power to try to change certain things like in the industry itself which obviously the music industry is super fucked up it's really fucked up for women yeah still um but like you know maybe it certain things won't be put in the way of Olivia Rodrigo or Gracie Abrams or Mm. you know like Someone maybe a, a few of the barricades will be blocked, mm-hmm. you know, taken down because of and because of Britney and because of, you know, like uh, every little bit helps. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's still such a mess. I mean, but I mean, yeah. it's like I want it to be easier for little Olivia Rodrigo, who I also love, who was love. born of the tree of Taylor Swift and also <laughs> of all the 90s music that her mother played for her. Yeah. Her Gen X mother played for her, which she talks about a lot. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
And I think some people were critical. And I'm like, no, she grew up listening to, like, I grew up listening to 70s music. She grew up listening to 90s music. And of course it influenced her. I'm, like, yeah. I mean, listen, if, how old is she? Is she seven? Is she ni- 19? 19. I think. If you're 19 and you're writing a song like Driver's License, like, I, I'm sorry, but I think everyone should just sit down. Like, there's there's yeah. no room for criticism <laughs> around that. Um, I Yeah, I, I don't know as much about her as you do. I feel like when she, when she came out and everyone was talking about her, I, I immediately went to you to be like, yeah. Abby, what's what's the deal with this girl? Um, and you were shocked that I hadn't listened to Driver's License yet, but... Um, well, at that point, it was so prevalent that, like, and you're so like, you're like an on, like you live online enough yeah. that I was like, how is this not it like it was like somehow. when dry, it was like I think it was like the the album wasn't even out yet, and I was just like, or the album was about to come out or had just come out, and I'm like, did driver's license miss you? It somehow? did. It, like I, it felt like it swarmed over the whole culture I, for a minute, but you like swam out of it. The algorithms, <laughs> I don't know, it protected me from it. I don't know why. Because um, it's right up my alley. I love that song and I, yeah. I love that whole album. And I you, oh, I can totally so see the the 90s influence. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I was going to say before, because I don't want to forget about this. And, I, and I, like, I don't think we're done talking about Taylor, but when you when you're talking about Adele and um, that video with her teacher... Can we just address the perform the SNL performance? Oh, <laughs> because I was thinking about crying, right? And I- I'm I'm like I'm on a decent amount of Zoloft, so there's like yeah, <laughs> there's like you know there's a bit of a wall, and I don't I like if I'm if I'm not on the Zoloft, I cry all the effing time, but. But yeah. but now I'm sort of like it takes a it takes a bit to get me there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'm literally watching this by myself. I forget because I always watch SNL like the next day or two days later or whatever. Yeah, I, yeah. And I was I like that performance. I just and how many times have I Friend? heard that song, right? I literally I I just like I lost I have I lost tears my in shit. my eyes thinking about it again. <laughs> I've watched it so many times and I haven't actually talked about it on here. Mm. Um, I am crying right now. Oh my God. <laughs> no joke. Good. I'm so glad I made you cry. <laughs> um, literal tears. Um, I need like a, to be like a real housewife with like the napkin like shoved up in the corner of my eye. Um, it was so incredible. I, I often watch SNL the next morning because I'm old and go to bed yeah. kind of early yeah, yeah. and haven't don't. And um, it used to be I wouldn't watch it because I would be out, you know, yes. and now I'm so I record it. But I stayed up to watch um, that. OK. And. Oh, yeah. My God. I mean, that's going to go down. Sorry. That's like one of the iconic in the history of SNL, like musical performances like that is like. It was. Because I was like, oh, because I mean, I listen to the song like every morning. Yeah. Wake up, the 10 minute version. Now. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. What a performance. I and what you a- know what? I need to go back and watch it because I haven't since I think I was just it was a lot for me. To, yeah. <laughs> to experience. I understand. I understand. But, and I and I so I don't think I can put into words exactly what made it so incredible. But there was just it was like it, there was something extra going on with her um, during that performance. And I felt like she was tapped into something um, 
not bigger, but like I it you yeah. saw sort of in that performance her like transition into like into a more kind of mature space. I don't know yeah. if that makes sense, but I I, I like, it does. It was a feeling that I had where I was like, oh okay, it's this is not the old not the old Taylor, but this is not this is a yeah. new Taylor. This is a new version, and that's so cool to see a you know a performer that you've been following for a long time to see her really like I just felt like she really came into her own in in those few minutes yeah it was it was like everything that had kind Mm. of like because I think this this person was like emerging with folklore and evermore but we didn't really get to see her perform Mm. like Mm -hmm. like you can the I love the long ponds like the long pond sessions are are great but because she's sitting in the studio and she's with like Aaron Dessner and Jack Antonoff. And so she's mm. performing because she knows she's filming, right? And there are moments where she looks at the camera and I'm like, oh, that was that was for you, Scott Dubron. That was for you, Scott Borchetta. <laughs> but like, you know, like, um, like if I'm dead to you, why are you at the wake? And she's like, right at the camera. But I do think this was like, the, uh, and then with this album and the like re-investigation of all of this and then to, do that 10 minute all too well. And it's like, I am owning everything like my, like, like in that New Yorker article and in the New York times piece, Mm -hmm. um, that Lindsay Zolads did like, she's like, I am owning my fucking feelings and how big they are and were and whatever. And like, again, this, all of those songs were written then, but like they're being performed by this Taylor and, and also, I'm fucking owning my business. And if you weren't paying attention to what I was doing before, now you're all fucking paying attention to what I'm doing. Because if you kind of missed on Fearless, <laughs> and if you're not in the, if you're not paying attention, right? Mm. People are like, wait, she's doing what? She's re-recording, huh? Yeah. Why? And you're like, oh, because she's fucking brilliant, too. Like, yeah. And so, like, the ownership of the feelings and the narratives and the business. And and it was like she was standing in her power. Yeah. And, and, like, not to be so corny, but, like, it felt like that. And, like, the seasons are fucking changing on the set. And it was beautifully, like, yeah. set designed. And, like, the production on it was really amazing. And her singers behind her and, like, the film playing and the leaves on the ground. You know, like, all of it. Yeah. And just, like... She has evolved so much as a performer, and of course she has, right? She was like 16, and now she's in her early 30s. Exactly. But And her voice has evolved, and that's what's really cool on the, on the albums, too, like to hear the songs, but with her voice now. Mm-hmm. And like her voice is much stronger than it was yeah, in the beginning. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I mean, that performance took me out. Like, I was just like laying in bed, just like sobbing, and I was like, I am a mess. Like, this woman for the past two days has just like, destroy like I don't I mean she's powerful she's a powerful witch she is I I was in the same in the same spot and I yeah like jaw to the ground and just sobbing yeah so I'm like how much, I love it like, 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 like I want that from Taylor that's what I'm expecting yeah <laughs> that's like what I was like that's what we yeah I'm not like coming here to like and like I, yeah I want to bop in there too like and that's the great thing it's like yes. all of a sudden we're crying and then we're like okay, we're going out with our girlfriends and, you know, we're feeling 22. Yes. Like, um, which is like the mania of that goes on inside my head sometimes where you're mm-hmm. just like, I'm great. And then I'm like, I am sobbing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, how are we going to tour all this music? Like, she didn't even get to tour Lover, which was the pre-pandemic album because that tour was supposed to happen in 2020. And then she's dropped Folklore and Evermore 
and the fearless Taylor's version and red Taylor's version. And it would, I would, everyone thinks we're getting 1989 next. And I'm like, what are are we going to do like a seven day music festival? And I will attend like, yeah, I've never been to one of her concerts and I am, I'm dying. So the last couple of years, it's kind of one of my top, like topics of conversation, wondering when she is going to tour because I feel like I've missed out the, the, the prior times. But but that is a very good point. I I don't know if I would attend. <laughs> so much music. I don't know if I would attend a six day. <laughs> you could festival. come for like you're like you're like um, what's the schedule? <laughs> One day, what day should I be? Yeah, there? which songs? Um, but but yeah, I it's she it's a lot. It's a good problem to I, have, I guess. She yeah, so I, I mean, music. I know. I mean, I would assume that a, like a stadium tour is probably coming next year. Good is my guess. We need we need that from her. Um, um, and she does, you know, I mean, it's stadiums now, but I also think it would be cool to do like a mini, like a small venue tour of like folklore and evermore, like mm-hmm. a more intimate, yes. like venue. And then uh, like, I don't know, what? she'll come up with something brilliant. When? Like, wait, could it be like one night, the one night is folklore evermore at like a tiny venue. And then the next night you get to go to the football stadium and see like the big show. I mean, That's, when is Taylor going to hire you to be her, like, I don't even know what that, what title that would be, but manager slash marketing director. I'm not sure, but I, you would, you're, you're clearly qualified. It's all I want. Um, it's all I while, want. while you're touring with Harry Styles. Oh yeah. God, the two of these two people have, they just can't. Well, I saw something, um, a, a tweet, uh, yesterday that was like, my biggest flex is loving Harry Styles so much that every time someone hears his name or his song, they think of me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, it's you. Yeah, that's me with Harry and Taylor. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I've, it's gotten to the point where like a lot of people in my life are like, if they hear one of their names, like then my name pops up. Yeah. And I'm like, that is a flex. I have I, my psychosis has now made me top of mind because these two maniacs keep doing things. And <laughs> brilliantly so much to handle <laughs> i think we're gonna get a hairy like documentary or concert film based on what i think is being filmed at all these shows and uh, that will I be amazing know. yeah um you know i think that you uh, you have a knack for um pinpointing talent not that everyone else doesn't get taylor and harry too but you know there's something um <sighs> especially when I think about Harry, like I've never seen him in concert either. I'm I'm dying to go. I think he's, my sister told me he was coming to New York and we looked at tickets last night and they're like a thousand dollars. Oh, I've been watching seats. these. I've so. been watching those tickets. I've been watching those tickets. I've had a tab open on those tickets. Cause I was like, I might need to come to Long I, Island. I, yeah. Um, is it Long Island or? Yeah, it's I, on Long Island. It's a new place. Oh. And um, he's going to be the first show there. So, wow. Okay. On Sunday, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Yes, which is my sister's birthday. Um, but yeah, the tickets are really crazy. They're really expensive. Um, yeah, I know. I've spent a lot of money on this. Name. But <laughs> but there's something otherworldly about him, like in a similar yes. way to like the way I think about Stevie Nicks or Mick Jagger or these performers yeah. where you're just, they're like operating on a different plane. I don't know that I think of Taylor in that way, but I definitely think of it's just it's they're like connected to something not to get too 
you know. Yeah. No, you're right. Woo woo here, but they're connected to something like that. I just my brain can't even kind of. No, it's it, it, yeah. it, there's a like I th- I feel like that about her songwriting, right? But mm. less about. I mean, I like seeing her perform, but like her songwriting is connected some to something like not of this plane, mm-hmm. I think. But like with with Harry and Mick, Steve, like what you're saying, like it. I'm like w- uh, often conversations are like how it, like is he real? How is he real? Yeah, and like um. There, you're, you're like, there is nothing that you were born to do on this planet more than what it is that you do. Like, and when you see him yes. live, it is like, you are like, holy shit. And 20,000 other people are feeling the exact same thing. And you are like transported out of your body. Like I said, it was like, I was out of my body, but I'd never been more present. Mm. And, and it's so magical. And that's what certain performers can do. And it doesn't mean lots of other people don't give great shows and aren't great performers, mm-hmm. but there's like a God tier yeah. that some people get to. And you're just like, I don't know where that comes from. And that's not something you can teach somebody. Like yeah. that's not something you can like learn by watching videos. Like that is like something in you is different. And I think you said that perfectly. It's this, it's this feeling of watching someone do exactly what they were put here to do. That it's like the chill you get the chills right yeah and I yeah. like I'm a huge Madonna fan like I said in the beginning I've I was Madonna, a Madonna fan basically out of the womb I've seen her in concert many times I, I think she's a great performer I don't think she has that like that extra kind of Harry yeah. Styles Mick Stevie probably a few other where you're just you 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 feel like you're witnessing something slightly biblical <laughs> Yeah. No, absolutely. I um, absolutely agree. Yeah. There are certain people that just you're like, oh, this is like a religious experience. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know. And that's why I just want to be on tour with people all the time. Like that's a, you know, because I realized very young that I was never going to be the singer. (laughs) Like I was never going to be that. So I think uh, I still have hope for myself. I have I have moments where I'm like, no. You're like, did I just match her note in all too well in the car? <laughs> yeah. I might have. Maybe? I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's that's why music is the best. Is, I mean, music and the arts. And, like, it's just why it's so vital. And, like, mm-hmm. it can just make you feel alive and, like, make you or give word to pain that you don't know how to express or, like, tap into or make you feel not alone or, make like, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's, it's special. And then when special people are doing it, it's like, ugh. It is. It can be like a religious experience. <laughs> and we're lucky for all of these people. Uh, uh, and that's the thing. It's yeah. like, love who you love and whoever that is for you. Like, maybe that's that's certainly doesn't have to be Taylor Swift or Harry Styles or Alanis Morissette or Fiona Apple. But like, whoever that is for you, whoever connects to you and your feelings and your life. Like, yeah. And go and, and always go to the show. If you can go to the show, if you can afford to go to the show, go to the show. Yeah. Like. I'm, you know, I'm maybe not a thousand dollars. There'll be other. I'm going to save that money and maybe go to Europe. I'm waiting for the Europe dates because then I'm like, I haven't been to Europe in so long, like pandemic, whatever. I'm like, just save the Long Island money and like see him in London. Plan- that would be incredible. Like go to London, yeah. right? Like go to London and then like just Wembley. Do like- yeah. Love yeah. That. Right. Like then just I want to go and then go to London and Paris or something, mm-hmm. you know, like and have a trip. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. I think that's what please I'm do. please do that. I'll, I'll I'll be rooting for you on the on the sidelines, watch watching all the way. 
<laughs> jealous, it, jealous. <laughs> um, okay, before I let you go, mm-hmm. this has been such a fun combo. Um, mm-hmm. Where should people find you online? And is there any cool stuff you need to tell us about from the land of beauty? Oh, God. Um, people can find me. My personal account is at Bryn Kenny, B-R-Y-N-K-E-N-N-Y. My, I, I did start, as you mentioned, um, uh, another account called the Twitter Whisperer recently because I like during the pandemic was just uh, trying to find some joy and laughter and went back to Twitter, which I've been on Twitter for a long time, but I kind of go in and out. And I just started sharing these screenshots of, you know, incredibly funny, you know, smart comedians that post on Twitter and people loved it. And um, so I'm trying to continue that in some way. Um, and- it's so good. It's so funny. <laughs> you find the best stuff. Yeah. Some that I, every once in a while will be something I've seen, but so many of it's like things I haven't seen and cause I'm on Twitter less. So I've been kind of back on it more, Yeah. but they're so good. And I think a lot of people aren't necessarily on Twitter, especially these days. So it's just, it's a nice way I think to kind of get, get all the yeah. talent that's the good there part. The funny into yeah, the, the funny, Instagram atmosphere. Um, uh, yeah, and then my my business is called MBA Partners. I am partnered with uh, Matthew Snyder, yes, who we've both known for a long time, and yes. I knew when I was an editor. And um, yeah, we we work with mainly beauty brands, and it's a lot of fun. And that's yeah, that's basically yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so if you if you need um, if you're a beauty brand call her yeah but yeah you you guys are amazing like you have the you have such a good roster and you guys are so good at what you do yeah we have we're lucky to have good clients like Francesco Clark we both worked with and um, yeah we have you know others these days but yeah I think that's the thing about beauty is it's filled with these like so many creative um, interesting, but also nice people, kind people. Um, I think that's kind of why I, I gravitated in that direction. And yeah. I feel like that's, you know, what I do in my, in my, you know, daily job with MBA. It's, it's all about our clients at the end of the day. And I just, um, we're always meeting interesting people and that's, that's, yeah. that's the important thing. And I feel like beauty is such a space for that. Um, absolutely. Yeah the best well thank you for coming on and Thanks talking about this music me. and this feelings you'll have to fun. come back yeah well we have so many music other things that we haven't even talked music and feelings i love it <laughs> music and feelings My okay <laughs> i know what's better nothing <laughs> all right i i will be right back Thank you so much to Bryn for that amazing chat and being the first person on this podcast to make me cry while I was recording, Um, which feels appropriate for the conversation we were having about feelings and big feelings. Um, Definitely check her out on Instagram. She's awesome. And I was going to say, like, I've got some good stuff coming up, some topics that we haven't really gone deep on yet that are very important to me like Beyonce, SVU, uh, Vanilla Sky, which I have talked about, but we're going we're gonna to go even deeper on it um, with some of my guests that I have lined up through the end of the year. So I'm really excited about that. I also got my first part of my 
um, Harry Styles beauty products from Pleasing. I got the nail polish set. I have they're beautiful. I love them, but I haven't used it yet. And I'm waiting for my other products to come. And then I'm going to do I'll do a review because I feel like as a former beauty editor and a current Harry, it is my duty. But until next week, um, if you want more of me, which I mean, that's on you. But I, I mean, I hope you do. You can follow me on Instagram at Abby C. Gardner. We at we have notes on Instagram at we have notes on TikTok. I got to make some new TikToks, but I'll get on that. Um, and at Abby Gardner on Twitter. And, you know, until we speak next week, get big with your feelings. Throw on some music, whatever does it for you, whatever gets you going emotionally. Doesn't doesn't have to be sad feelings. Big feelings aren't always sad feelings. Just get into it. Like, let it all out. You'll feel really good. I promise. And I will talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>